welcome back to Media MD, the podcast where each fortnight we prescribe each other a piece of media that we have somehow missed. I'm Ruben Morehouse. And I'm Elliot Diebold. And this week, Elliot, we are checking back in with In Bruges, um, yep. which I prescribed to you two weeks ago. So, what's the story, mate? I watched it. Nice. All right. Well, that's <laughs> us for another fortnight. We'll see, see you guys, guys next, next week. week. <laughs> um, yeah. What do you think? Yeah. Um. I really like this. Um, I mean, oh, I guess I'll, I'll dive straight in um, with a with a sort of plot summary now that we can sort of assume people are going to watch it or going to wait till they've listened to me mm. do the plot summary anyway. Um, <laughs> but yeah, sort of like you said, there's um, these two hitmen played by uh, Colin Farrell and Brian Gleeson and they're basically Colin Farrell, I guess, was a new assassin. He's still pretty new at this from what i gathered and he was on a mission and he was meant to shoot a priest and he did so technically not a failure but he also killed like a little boy um while he was doing it so um they're the sort of i don't know boss assassin guy that that relationship's never quite made clear i don't think um he tells brian gleason to sort of take him to hide out in bruges and um so they're sort of just do, hanging out there waiting for this guy called Harry, who's their boss, to call. And, um, and Colin, tell them what to do next. Yeah, and there's, there's sort of all that. Like, like you said, it's sort of a, a bit of a, um odd couple type situation um, of them hanging out in Bruges until eventually this boss called Harry does actually call and he tells Brian Gleeson to kill um, Colin Farrell character who i should start calling them brian gleason's character is called ken colin farrell mm. is called ray um i'm as i start using yeah, the I, character names i just want to stop your plot summary here for a second um yeah because the scene where this scene about halfway through the movie where harry the boss calls ken and says and and like gives him the instructions oh, to it's kill the best scene in the film right yeah it's this it's 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 like the perfect it perfectly encapsulates this black comedy because it starts with this ridiculous charade of um, Ray, <laughs> Colin Farrell's character, has, has gone out on a date um, and they were mo- been, meant to both be there to wait for the phone call, but one has yep. gone out on a date. And so it starts and, and Harry over the phone is like, so is he here? And Ken covering for him is like, yep, yep, he's here, he's in the bathroom. And Harry's like, we'll send him out. And, and so <laughs> Ken has to kind of fake the noises of telling him to go out and then yeah. like shutting the door and doing all these things. And then Harry's like, well, that doesn't mean he's gone. Go double check that he's not like outside by the door. And and there's this whole like minute long charade of, of Ken making noises of Ray kind of getting out of the bathroom and going and going to do this thing. Yeah. And then he's gone. Um, and so that's hilarious. And then it goes into this bit where they're talking about Bruges and how Harry, when he was younger visited and found it like a fairy tale town, um, and Ken is like, yeah, I'm really loving it, but Ray's not loving it that much. And this kind of sets Harry off a bit. Um, yeah, he goes nuts. <laughs> yeah. And, and so then there's this whole bit where Ken has to lie about how how much Ray is enjoying it. And, and, and then after this great, like, two-minute hilarious scene has happened, they drop this bomb on you where Harry's like, yeah, he wasn't a good kid, was he? And it's this moment of, like, uh, sorry, he wasn't a bad kid, was he? And And Ken just kind of stops and, and and this is where the the movie starts to turn for me um it, it's just such a powerful scene delivered on the back of two minutes of of like <laughs> hilarious of hilarious stuff and oh yeah i mean i really encapsulates yeah 
I've written up my my notes uh, as I was sort of watching the movie on what I wanted to talk about, and literally about half of them are just this scene. Like mm. the, it, it's such a roller coaster of a scene. It starts out, yeah, like you said, with this hilar- with all this hilarity, and then kind of gets a bit tense as Harry starts to get to the point, and then cuts back to being hilarious, and then gets mm. really intense again. And it, it, yeah, it, and it's a it's sort of the the rest of the movie is like that, but I think this scene is really the 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 movie at its best like the, it's yeah, everything the movie's yeah. trying to do and it really just nails it for this for this whole scene yeah definitely um anyway sorry i'll, I'll let you go continue with the plot summary i just <laughs> wanted to call out this one scene because it's just this this pinnacle <laughs> yep. of filmmaking I, to me. I was like yeah okay um yeah so then um basically ken um is <clears throat> sort of battling with this idea of whether he should actually do it, but he, he's sort of planning on it because it's his job, and I mean, it's it's heavily implied that you know it may not even be the worst thing he's ever done. He's he, this is his mm. job, and then as he goes to sort of kill Ray, he finds Ray in the process of killing himself, yeah. uh, and torn with a, guilt about killing this child. Exactly, and and um, that sort of turns him, and and so then he he sort of lets Ray go. Um, and calls up Harry and basically tells him what he's done and, and tells him that, you know, if he doesn't like it, he'll just sort of have to deal with it. Um, and, and this is sort of when, when the movie sort of becomes closer to an action-style film because mm. Harry sort of comes to take out Ken. Meanwhile, um, because Ray is just sort of generally incompetent, he managed to, manages to get arrested leaving Belgium and is brought back to Bruges mm-hmm. um, where he, he sort of flukes his way out of jail with this whole romantic subplot line (laughs) um and yeah uh you know eventually sort of this harry guy arrives everything goes absolutely nuts and um i mean they all end up dying (laughs) yeah pretty much everyone dies except maybe ray it's it's left intentionally ambiguous which was was another sort of nice touch Mm. like you know it could have sort of gone either way and just sort of just sort of not answering the question kind of says it doesn't matter which i think is is you know important and on theme with the rest of the movie yeah yeah um it's a bit unfair for me to ask you to do a short plot summary of this movie because like you you touched on something like oh a romantic subplot <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's just well, like it, a this three movie words, is which is yeah this movie this is very integrated it, everything's yeah. connected like I, I you touched on this when, when you sort of introduced it but like um the the guy who wrote it martin mcdonough is that mm. uh, he he's clearly a fan of um of Chekhov's gun like the principle that um you know if you're gonna if you're gonna put something in the plot that it has to be important to the plot uh, or at least yeah. he was he was definitely leaning on that principle in In Bruges because like you said I don't think anything came up or like they didn't even go to a location or a location was never mentioned unless it came up again later for for some <laughs> reason. There's one that I don't think comes back, which is they visit this the the chapel of the Holy Blood or something, which is a a, a kind of holy site in in Bruges. That's yeah. the only one that doesn't really get reincorporated. Um, but let me give an example to to the audience of one of my favorite ones. Uh, there's a scene where Ken and Ray are visiting this kind of um, this this tower, this bell tower with a courtyard at the front that becomes one of the central locations later, but. Um, yeah. Ken goes up to, to kind of check it out and Ray doesn't really want to. So he stays downstairs and he, he kind of starts a conversation with these American tourists who are, who are yeah. very overweight and he starts 
talking to them and, and he, he starts out trying to be a bit polite about it, basically saying like, you guys are too overweight to, to go up there. There's a lot of stairs. Um, but they don't really get what he's trying to say. And so he eventually kind of loses it and calls them a bunch of fucking pigs or whatever it is. Yeah. Um, Elephants. And it starts this little fight scene that that's like in any <laughs> other movie that this would just be kind of a hilarious two minute bit. Um, but then later, because, and, and it's dropped in this one line where an American had a heart attack on the tower yesterday, which yeah. obviously is a callback <laughs> to, to these guys trying to climb the thing. Um, it means the tower is closed and it has these ramifications for how the plot kind of plays out just from this joke, essentially just from this kind of joke bit scene that, that yeah. happens early in the movie. Um, and it, it's a great example of just how this, how this movie is so meticulously put together, which is one of the reasons I love it so much. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's every, yeah. It, like you said, it was difficult to summarize the plot because everything's integrated. It's often hard to like, you know, explain one thing without mentioning the callback and then you got to put the callback in context and, and the whole, cause the whole thing's just one. It, it's yeah. It's so solid and streamlined. Yeah, I want to call it another moment that I love in this film, which I only just caught on my most recent rewatch of it, which is, um, so the film ends with uh, Harry chasing down Ray to shoot him. Um, and, and something Harry has said earlier when talking to Ken about this whole thing is, you know, if I killed a kid, I would just shoot myself right there on the spot. No question. Like, yeah. Ray needs to be punished for killing a kid accidentally or, or otherwise. Um and so Harry chases him down and shoots him, but accidentally shoots someone who is standing behind him, which is a, a dwarf. Uh, and he's kind of an actor filming a movie and he's dressed up as a kid for this dream sequence. And Harry shoots him and thinks that he's killed a kid and so shoots himself, right? Yeah. Um, but in these kind of final moments before Harry is shooting himself, shooting himself, you get a reaction shot of Ray lying on the floor, having just been shot like three or four times. And he... he you see him try to start to tell Harry, Wait, it's like, not no, a kid. don't, don't yeah. do it. It's not a kid. And it's, it's this great moment of, of characterization for him. Um, trying to save the life of the man that has just probably killed him. Um, yeah. And I never called it before, but it, it really does give insight into these kind of really well fleshed out characters. Ray, who is this insensitive idiot, but he's just so kind of good at heart. And it's, it's why he gets kind of torn up by, having accidentally killed this this child yeah and i mean because especially there's there's sort of a good a good payoff at the start of the movie um ray just comes across as like a bit of a bit of a child like it's it's very Mm. much he and ken are touring bruges and and ken's obviously really into the whole historical aspect and and and, and, you Mm. know like architecture and all that stuff whereas like ray is just you know having little temper tantrums and and like is really (laughs) bored and and all that, and, and he just seems to always want to go to the pub. And at first, he just comes across as like an immature man-child. And then, mm. as you sort of find out that you know he's just the reason they're hiding out here is because he's accidentally killed a kid. Yeah. Um, it, it sort of it, it makes his behavior make sense. Like he's obviously he's obviously very antsy and and like emotional and stuff because you know he's wrestling with that. Yeah, he, he, it recontextualizes his his kind of childness childishness as not not quite depression but just this kind of yeah general anxiety over grappling with what he's done Um, yeah and i mean he's clearly still sort of processing it as they're as they're doing with all this stuff in in bruges um yeah so it's 
it has kind of fortuitously worked out that we're talking about this movie now because Martin McDonough's third um, film has just hit theatres, at least here in Australia. Um, a movie called Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri, which I saw yeah. like a few nights ago. Okay, I, I watched the trailer, so I'm pretty much right there with you. <laughs> yeah. Um, God, like, I, it, I, I, I want to see it many more times, and it's very much all the <laughs> stuff we've been talking about for In Bruges, it, it definitely applies to Three Billboards as well. Okay. It's also an yeah. awesome, great movie. Because well, that was, was very much, I watched this, and I was thinking, I, I'm definitely keen to watch more of his stuff, but I was wondering how much would just be his sort of style and how much would be specific to in bruges yeah so so i've seen seven psychopaths as well um which is okay. his second movie which i also did quite enjoy but it doesn't it didn't hit me quite in the same way that in bruges did um like it was a good movie but i wouldn't have put it as like a a movie that really kind of got to me and i could rewatch again and again three billboards yep. is that again three billboards is is lightning striking again in the same spot um so <laughs> okay as a little bit of a a, a quick you may also enjoy i would definitely recommend <laughs> checking out three billboards outside Ebbing, missouri because that was a fucking awesome movie um yeah i i don't know i i it's hard to to put in bruges in a box to talk about it because there are so many things in it that i love and, and we haven't talked about um we haven't talked about a lot of aspects of the film um mm. so like there are all these little side characters like there's a uh, chloe jimmy. the jimmy the, the the dwarf who who kind of feels like he's just going to be again part of a little it, bit of a joke he, sequence and then he was, just keeps coming back yeah and he was the one i you know as as harry started to come in and and yeah there was the guy i think his name was eric who had his eyes shot out everything mm-hmm. was starting to come together and i was keeping a bit of an eye out for that because you'd mentioned it so much mm. Um, and Jimmy was still the one thing as these sort of closing sequences were happening. I was like, I still don't really understand why Jimmy was in here except to make fun of midgets. Yep. And, and then, and then, and then he runs as, as uh, Ray sort of ran onto the movie set and they, they have a shot of Jimmy in his child clothing for, for this hmm. scene. I was like, Oh, that's brilliant. Um, because they, you know, they've shown him a few scenes earlier in the child's outfit and he's explaining hmm. that it's for the movie and it's just, it's for like, filming a dream sequence on yeah. a foggy day in Bruges, which then kind of starts playing out as they accidentally stumble onto yeah. it in their shootout. Um, yeah, it's... it's. I don't know. I, I don't know how to adequately describe my love for this movie. <laughs> um, <laughs> I mean, I actually... I I wish... I, I tend to, to leave the movies um, when we do these sorts of things towards the end. So I only watched it a few days ago because, I, I, you know, if I watched it two weeks ago... I, come here and probably forget half of it Mm. um i kind of wish i'd done this one earlier because yeah i totally you're right i want to watch this again and i wish i'd watched this like a a week or so ago for the first time so i could have watched it again um for this because because i'm yeah i'm definitely going to rewatch it because there's there's a lot to it and and like you said you it's one of those movies that gives you a sense that you've missed things. Like I made lots of connections as it was going, but I also got the impression that I was not making many of the connections. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's, it's a beautiful like ballet, balletic kind of movie where everything just kind of flows and works together. Um, yeah. And I, I would, I, I think that's probably 
influenced by his his history as a playwright being able to especially in Bruges which basically takes place in one or two locations um yeah i could definitely see this being adapted to be a play fairly fairly easily it's it's got a f- only a, a handful of locales like there's the hotel the bell tower sort of thing and then mm-hmm. a, only a few others that are constantly sort of revisited and a fairly small cast or something it definitely it, it could easily work um as a play um but yeah we should we shouldn't ramble on about it too much because i think any conversation we have about it is is uh subpar compared to just the experience of watching <laughs> it again <laughs> yeah um but yeah let's let's leave it there i guess uh what what would you score it oh so i'm i'm gonna give this one an eight and a half i think which feels mm. feels kind of low but i i feel like if i watch it again a couple more times i'll probably bump it up to a nine but it's definitely <laughs> it's definitely worth seeing i yeah 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 awesome um so yeah check out in bruges and also martin mcdonough's other films they're all pretty great uh, <laughs>